Hey, David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads. You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads. What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. Enterprise, it stops with G. Pubescent uh, skill. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I, me and my friends used to do that. But that being said, hello and welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. How are you, Mike? Well, instead of like fake burping, as right at that time I discovered masturbation. So, you know, how that goes. That's called dick burping. <laughs> uh, and we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you? I'm doing better. Both of my holes are intact. Thank God. You don't want to blow both your O-rings. It was it was a bad couple days, gentlemen. Yeah. Yep. It, it sounded like it. That's never a fun time when you're running out of both ends. Tell me, did you have constipated diarrhea or... Nope, nope. It flowed like water. Okay. <laughs> it was so, like the muddy Mississippi. Like water for chocolate. So, <laughs> Whereas uh, me, on the other hand, I decided to make new holes in my body. Yes, Mike. <clears throat> uh, Mike, between the last episode we did and this week, uh, had something I, fun happen. Yeah, I was, uh, I was decided it was a beautiful day. I had just renewed my, so I have a motorcycle. I had just, uh, it's a 2007 Buell Firebolt. I just renewed the tag, so I was like, I'm going to ride to work. Kevin's off today. I can, you know, uh, take the bike. And it was a beautiful day, not oh. even warm at all. Yeah, no, just gorgeous outside. So uh, two blocks from my house, I decided I wanted to, like, kneel and slide along the pavement. And that's what I did. And so I have Basically, a nice... the bike slipped out from under you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was in a turn, I think. So I hadn't ridden any this year. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts are either it was dirty tires or uh, just I hit one of the uh, the paint markings on the lane because I was in a turn lane, obviously, because I was turning left to get on the interstate. And I might have hit the, the like the either the painted stripe for where you're supposed to stop or the arrow or something. Or my tires could have been dirty or all of the above. But I started to lean into the turn and the bike just went whoop out from under me. 
And so I have a nice big scrape on one of my knees. I, on the other knee. Yeah, has how's the bike? Oh, the bike. It So they broke this shifter and the left mirror. Oof. The left mirror, yeah. I think I have all the parts to fix because it didn't shatter it. It just broke. Like where, so it was like a mirror and a stalk and then like the base. It broke part of the base, but I'm pretty sure I have another base somewhere because mirrors are one of those things on motorcycles. They just break all the fucking time. Yeah. You're going to be putting new mirrors and blinkers. Mirrors and blinkers are like consumables on a motorcycle. <laughs> <clears throat> so I think I have another one of those. Yeah. Um, the shifter is going to be a little more of an issue because I found out the other day, like, so it's a linkage and I think part of the linkage is bent and then the bolt sheared off where the, the shifter bolts on. So oh. I, I mean, but it's fixable. That's the right, thing is right, it's right. fixable. My leg, like I, I miss like half an hour of work. So I was, I was late to work, but I still work the full day. Yeah. So now it was, it didn't, has not slowed me down. It, it could have been worse. And mm-hmm. you know, I am going to buy some armored pants after this before I ride again. Emergency pants. Well, no, just, yeah, well, yeah, I guess in an emergency, yes. Because if I had been wearing armored pants, I, I there would have been no problems. Right. Now, Mike, this scrape on your leg, how big is that? I'd say it's about six square inches. Yeah. The big, the, big, the worst one. Yes. Like there, was a, there was another one lower down that was more like, you know, like if you had just fallen and skinned your knee on the concrete or something. Right, right, right. And then on the the right knee there's a like about a quarter size one. Yeah, I'd say when it first happened it was like palm sized maybe. Yeah. And uh I'm going to say this. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly, but also every time I looked at it, I kind of it maybe kind of want steak. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of looks like steakums. It does look a bit like steakums and uh goddamn do I want some steakums now. In fact, <laughs> since it's healing now, I just looked down at it. It's more pinkish, so yeah. it's even more appetizing. I now. know, dude. It's like good pork before you cook it. Oh yeah, I, I had my because uh, I also had that finger thing going on as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah, That's... where I had to go to the uh, ER and uh, oh, yeah, like, I heard about. Well, that, you can either yeah. get yeah, you can either get the shot, which is going to hurt more. Or I can just take the scalpel and cut open the finger. I'm like, just cut it open. Uh, it was it was pretty raw. Like it's healing up well. Yeah. But, like it was it was pretty bad. Um, this this is, where does that come from? Like your finger just decides one day to get infected or some shit? Uh, no, it's because I have a terrible habit. I am a nail biter. Oh. Uh, I got it from my mother, and I had an an infected um uh, hangnail. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I was wondering for a while. Kevin Kevin's a uh, a finger picker. finger picker. Like he's got no fingerprints on some of his fingers. Yeah. He'd be yeah. a perfect thief. I am a perfect man in black right now. You know, I just realized that we are very um, bodily oriented in this introduction. <laughs> yes. We are, but I mean, like, this has been a hell of a year for us bodily, so. Like, a couple of weeks for us, at yeah. least. Yeah, no, I mean, I was in the hospital for, like, God, three months yeah. uh, out of last year, so shit. But yeah. you know what? You know, it, we may be having some issues with our bodies, but we need to turn our attention to our souls. We d- oh, very nice segue. Pivot master there. Damn, son. <laughs> Almost like we pay you or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so this week, we're starting a new uh, series uh, like, like yours. This is going to take place, you know, spaced out. But we're going to be talking about the subject of what could be considered uh, fake religions. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one I wanted to go into is one that has definitely seized my horrid little heart. We're going to be talking about Discordia or Discordianism. So, so you said fake religions, and part of me just wanted to, I, from the bottom of my I, soul, wanted the the the. the Atheist about, agnostic wanted to say, what, you mean all of them? How about joke religions? Okay, how about... Uh, Modern joke religions. I would say, how about religions that don't take themselves satire. seriously? Re- satire religions. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There. That's There we go. And we're going to be talking about Discordianism. Which... Uh, like David said in one episode, uh, I have in fact become a zealot. So uh, <laughs> our sources for this week, and I want to get those out of the way real quick, are the Principia Discordia, which there's no real good way to pronounce it. Mike, you took Latin. How do you say Principia or Principia? I don't know because I failed Latin. Okay, well, Robert, but- the host of uh, Behind the Bastards, kept saying Prince. Prince Scipia, and I'm going to strangle him if I ever that, meet him for that. That sounds wrong. Prince, yeah, Robert likes to do that, though. Yeah, Principia Discordia by Malaclips the Younger and Omar Ravenhurst. That's their Pope names, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's Chasing Eris by Brenton Clutterbuck. It's a very good book uh, looking at, at the time, it's like a very good snapshot of the modern Discordian movement in 2018, and I do highly recommend the book. You can find it on uh, Kindle. Uh, Behind the Bastards, Complete History of the Illuminati by Robert Evans. A fantastic series. It's a six-parter, talks a lot about Discordianism. Probably better than I'm going to do, but I'm taking it at a different angle, not so much the Mm -hmm. history. And uh, lastly, the Illuminatus Trilogy by Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea. If you've ever wondered what Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide would have been like if he had dropped acid and were paranoid, this is it. So, I highly recommend, uh, honestly, every single thing I just mentioned. If you want to learn about Discordianism... All four of those are great places to start. Oh, and speaking of Discord, I do apologize to listeners because my cat is being a little shit right now. Yes, your cat is a tool (laughs) of the goddess Harris. So so according to Google, it's Principia. It does have the E. Principia. uh, Okay, Principia. Yeah, so, so... Stress on the third. So Principia. You say it like yeah. Italian. Yes. Principia Discordia. Because, hmm. I mean, that's, you know, they were Italian. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, before I really launch into this, what did you two know about Discordianism before I dragged you kicking and screaming to the feet of the goddess Harris? Abso-fucking-lutely nothing. I didn't even know this shit existed before you started <laughs> your rambling, incoherent jibber-jabber. I, I gotta imagine it had to be really intense from Mike's point of view, because oh. Mike's just living his life, and then all of a sudden you start ranting about the goddess oh, Eris. It, oh, it, it's like, like... Immediately. It's like being tackled philosophically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like just You get psychically along. sacked. Yeah, bopping along, living my life, you know, in my lane. And then in comes Kevin 
with this crazy bullshit he's reading. Yeah, me just running just like, in screaming, I've seen the Fnords! Yes, yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I just come in screaming about enlightenment through madness. I, I expect Kevin <laughs> to start buying track suits and Nikes. <laughs> oh, oh, I need a track suit. How about you, David? Well, I mean, I've kind of been on the periphery of it, but I didn't really, like, dive into it. Like, I knew that it was a parody of religion, and I knew of some of the texts, such as the Illuminatus trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, and I was aware that Discordians kind of ran through the media I love, though. Like, right. There's, uh, they're kind of everywhere. Which, after doing research into this, I am shocked how much this has influenced every fucking thing in my life in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, there, there are just people that, like, are major influences on me that are Discordians, and I had no fucking idea, so. Mm -hmm. So let's start with what the hell this thing is. So, telling the story of Discordianism has been difficult for me, and that's mostly because it's something different to everyone you ask about it. I mean, to some, it's a tool for political activism via Operation Mindfuck with its roots firmly in 60s counterculture. And to others, it's a philosophy that lets them deal with the chaos of life and have a little fun doing it, which is more my bag. And to others, still, it's a real, honest-to-goddess religion involving the worship of Eris slash Discordia and often leads into chaos magic just gets more complicated when you realize it's each of those things, it's all of those things, and it's none of those things all at the same time. All right, that's how I'm, I'm already exhausted. Screw you assholes. <laughs> I'm going to, like, I don't know, masturbate. Oh, okay. Anything else. <laughs> now, well, that, that is technically part of a chaos magic ritual. Yeah, so yeah, you're, you just got to come on a sigil. You're in. You're already in, Mike. All you have to do is just aim it, and yep. You know, you're just, practicing magic. Yep. Um, but but what if it's just a old sock? You have committed a sin. No. <laughs> now this thing is also definitely a very silly idea created by two young men drinking in an all-night bowling alley in California. A lot of people have called it a Monty Python religion, and in some ways, that is very very true. It found a major home online during the early days of the web, but we'll get into that later. So, so one of the things I adore is like that it has these three facets, and depending on my mood, I can see myself like sliding deeper into any one of them the further I get into this. Um, if I had like a branch Discordia I most closely <laughs> align with, though, it would probably be with the Operation Mindfuck camp. Okay, Operation Mindfuck Camp and Branch Discordia just sounds like you're going to be in Waco, Texas, building a compound. <laughs> you know, the and FBI I am a David, you. so, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The odds are stacked against me, and I do want to buy a compound one day. Oh, so. God, we're Don't fucked. Don't we all? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, like, I think we've always had, you, me, Mike, have always had that idea. Like, Man, I, we need, like, a big piece of land, all of our friends can live on it, and then we can amass <laughs> guns. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like being near cities but i also like the idea of a big spread that like oh, yeah. all my peeps could like if well, not live on permanently at least come visit 
I just yeah. like defensible positions. This, it really kind of sounds like uh, the Discordia house in Texas, which is something I'm, I don't have in the outline, but it's mentioned. <laughs> it sounds a lot like the Fight Club house, but with like 20 people uh, doing mud wrestling and the cops joining in. It's like Fight Club, but for, lo- or, uh, for philosophy nerds. And just nerds in general, yeah. Like, dudes who are as high as balls, sweating their ass off in Texas, like, talking about, like, religion. Yes. So Wow, that sounds terrible. I know. <laughs> that sounds not productive. Well, actually, it's a, it's, it's a lot more fun. The, the story yeah. of that house actually reads, like, uh, the movie PCU. Ah, yes. So there, there's some incredible stories like uh, and, you know, um, we're going to be revisiting this topic. Oh, I'm sure a couple yes. more times. Yeah, we're, we're gonna. We're, we're, there's going to be some seeds that are sown in here where it's just like, you know, Kevin's going to say something and then you're just gonna be like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and or somebody's going to be like, well, that's an episode waiting to happen. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's tackle the easiest part of this first, which is the most confusing part, but the, also the most logical, the philosophy of Discordianism. So the general idea is put forward by Malaclips the Younger and Omar Ravenhurst in the Prince, uh, Principia Discordia is that the natural state of the universe is chaos. And order is merely the structure that humanity applies to chaos in an attempt to find some sense of meaning. And in a sense, they aren't wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. It- it kind of appears that way regarding physics as far as I understand it. And I feel like a lot of our more un- modern understanding of physics and the development of the discordianism probably have a lot more crossover than people would think. You know, it's inextric- it, is, it is inextricably linked with chaos theory and chaos magic because of mm-hmm. this, this worldview. So... Yeah. Now, they use the term grids in the Principia, but let's just break it all the way down, all right? Now, now, now before we move forward, I do want to point out that one ways, uh, one of the ways in which cults are able to grow is by creating their own terminology and language. Which is why I'm not express... using it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm not using the term grids, all right? <laughs> I saw what they were doing when I read the fucking book. I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. I've read too many you're, you're cult You're a believer, things. but you're a self-aware believer. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the best kind of discordian. So, order is everything we have constructed in our minds and society. Laws, education, family, religion, personal beliefs, opinions, they're all just the, quote, grid that they discuss that we use to view the world through. And from your grid, some things make sense and are truths. To someone else who's been raised in another culture and a different experience, your truths are bullshit. And to you, theirs are going to be bullshit. And the only truth, capital T, is that nothing is true, especially the fact that nothing is true. (laughs) Now, all of this is based around the last words of Hassan il-Sabah. And if you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, you're going to recognize this quote. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. I'm already exhausted. I, I know. I know. It's a lot to start but like, with. Like, Everything's it, it makes of, sense, though. Everything's I, a loaded I I term. know. 
And when we do the episode on Ravenhurst, whose real name is Carrie Thornley, we're going to see that everything is a bad way to put it. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy tried to live that, and it without, was not good. Without going into the specifics, there's a there's at least one thing I can think of. Pedophilia, Mike. Yes, yes, I would. Yes, not, not everything is permitted, but like I can even like so not exactly murder, but you know, taking a life. I can kind of see within certain parameters. Yes. It's it's I uh, yes, it, it, okay, it's defensible. But yeah, the th- no pedophilia is no 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 bad man bad. I mean, yeah, that, like again, I, I could come up with some scenarios, but even then, I'm like, well, we'll wait five years. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But nonetheless, it's all based around that one phrase, nothing is true, everything is permitted. Yeah. Now, all that being said, the Discordians believe that if the truth of the world is chaos and there's truly no meaning, then why not have as much fun with it as possible? And a perfect example of this is the pentabarf. <clears throat> Now, the Pentabarf is the list of the five holy tenets of the faith of Discordianism. So, so it's not what David was doing a week and a half ago? No, that was the Bybarf. <laughs> okay. It's like the Bifrost, <laughs> but both ends. <laughs> so It was not all sunshine and rainbows. It was mostly yellow. Yes. Oh, God. It sounds like bile and piss. So, <laughs> so I'm going to read you guys the Pentabarf. I don't know if we've ever read this on the show before, but we're going to do it now, so. Know ye this, O man of faith. One, there is no goddess but goddess, and she is your goddess. There is no Eurasian movement but the Eurasian movement, and it is the Eurasian movement. And every golden apple core is the beloved home of a golden worm. (coughs) Nice. Now, we should also mention that Apple Corps there mentioned. Yes, is, um, that is actually an organization with what they call the P-O-E-E, which but, is the But they're major... also going for that wordplay of yes. a worm in the core of the apple. It's, yes. it's cute. Like, this is a bunch of fucking writing nerds coming up with a religion. Oh. You're going to get shit like this. Oh, yeah. So it's not Steve Jobs's fluffers? No, no. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two, a Discordian shall always use the official Discordian document numbering system. It, in nowhere in the Principia Discordia does it tell you what that system is. <laughs> Just figure it out, man. Yep. Three, a Discordian is required during his early illumination to go off alone and partake joyously of a hot dog on a Friday. This devotive ceremony to remonstrate against the popular paganisms of the day of Catholic Christendom, no meat on Friday, of Judaism, no meat of pork. Of Hindic peoples, no meat of beef. Of Buddhists, no meat of animal. And of Discordians, no hot dog buns. So, so, so you're 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 disavowing even the religion you're applying yes. to. Yes. Okay. I I think I've had a hot dog on a Friday before. So yeah. I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. Four, a Discordian shall partake of no hot dog buns, for such was the solace of our goddess when she was confronted with the original snub. We'll get into what the original snub is in a little bit. (laughs) Five, a Discordian is prohibited of believing what he reads. It is so written, so be it. Hail Discordia. Discordia, prosecutors will be transgressicuted. 
These fucking nerds. I know. But it's great, <laughs> isn't it? What it is a lot of fun. It's just, again, it's very, very bored, smart people. Oh. Um, the, the early uh, vestiges, uh, the, the early parts of the counterculture and just... It's two young people with fake IDs drinking in an all-night bowling alley just shooting the so, shit. So, in other words, you have to have eaten the ninth and tenth hot dog. You know what those are? The ones that aren't so you, in the you, pack. No, no. So, you buy the pack of hot dogs and you buy a pack of buns. Right. You mm-hmm. eat hot dogs one through eight, which are hot dogs on buns. Because the hot dogs come in ten and the buns come in eight. So you have two right. hot dogs left over. You cut those in half and put them on regular bread. So it's not a bun anymore. Yeah. Therefore, you have eaten a hot dog, but not the bun. Okay. Well, the other thing is the Discordians have managed to work their way into the meatpacking industry. That's why there's those two extra hot dogs. Yes. Mm. That's for that's for your true believers. And does corn dog count? No, because that's not a bun. Or you- a hot dog. It's a dog, but it's hot, but it's not a hot dog. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, but is it a sandwich? We are not <laughs> having this argument that, fucking again. That that is a uh, religious argument for another time. That is a this friendship is over argument in a lot of ways. <laughs> now, catch up a smoothie. Show, oh God! As silly as this entire thing can be, there's some very interesting ideas in the Principia, and they are surprisingly liberating. If everything is chaos, then the only meaning comes from what you choose to give meaning. Basically, choose the fucks you give. Reminds me of a certain path. Okay, what path? The uh, the um, left-hand path. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes, there's yeah. so much magical thinking in this. Which mm-hmm. just reminds me of that I'm all, all out of fucks to give song. I have no more fucks to give. Yes. Yeah. Now, before we move on, I am extremely curious what you two think so far. Do you have something, Mike, or should I go? Um, go ahead. So I think they should have called it Funcraftian. <laughs> be- be- because in all honesty, it feels a lot to me like Cosmicism and something it- it'd probably take like a whole script for me to explain how this correlates. Um, or I could just wait for Wisecrack to do some video about this idea at some point. It's just, <laughs> again, it's like you look at the void and instead of like shutting down, looking at the void, you're just like, fuck it. Yeah, and no. You throw there, a hot dog into the void. It's liberating as hell, man. It's actually helped yeah. my mental health a lot the past few weeks. Um, but it's, it's also uh, been called Zen for round eyes was the term they used. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there's some problematic language. There, there in some of those is. Stuff. Well, yes. I mean, it's kind of it's flipped on its head. Problematic language. Yes, I mean, it's, it's just taking the opposite. Yes, it's like you know, we're it's, we're getting the negative term. It's yes. it's it's the uh, pale face, mm-hmm. but you know, on yeah. the other mm-hmm. hand, yeah, and it's and when you read the Principia, you do have to remember this was written in started in 58 or 59. They really don't remember when this happened. And, uh, they, they were printing up copies on the guy in, uh, the guy Xerox machine that was investigating the, uh, the Kennedy assassination. 
Mm-hmm. So, and then there's also like a huge punk element to this as well, oh, which can be an this, entire episode this, on its own. This is the beginning of zine culture. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I would say it's the beginning it's, of the punk movement in general. So, yes. now that I'm really thinking about it, it sounds yeah. a lot like it's an intellectual counterculture. It is. Whereas, whereas mm-hmm. the, you know, traditional, I'm using air quotes here, counterculture uh-huh. of like hippies and stuff was more of the far know, out, man, bro dude counterculture. Not that there wasn't like a shit ton of LSD involved in the formation oh, yeah, of Discordianism. No, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> this Discordianism seems like it's like for I don't want to. It's like more thought provoking. Like like if the lit so, majors decided they wanted to start yeah, a religion yeah, after saying, they had like smoked a bowl. I'm saying the yes. more intellectually inclined would gravitate towards this, whereas the more I don't, I'm trying to think of a not a like. Not derogatory. I don't want to say well, shallow. Just like the more mainstream. The mainstream. The mainstream counterculture. counterculture. The, the, yeah. The more. This is the counterculture to the counterculture. Yeah. This is like the anarchic. Would would go uh, like hippie. Yes. Like, like the ones a, that still so, went to college. It's it's a more intellectual alternative to the hippies. And this is in no way saying, yeah, man, you're totally right about Rick and Morty. It is so. So you so have to be smart. To you get have that to track. have an, uh, you have to have a 190 IQ to understand yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. no, but no, like, uh, again, like, even though like there is this kind of intellectualism attached to discordianism, the, the hippies were fucking there too, man. Oh yeah. They were, they were fucking there, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the philosophy, like I said, that's probably the most simple part of it mm-hmm. to me anyway. Um, like, I, and what I like is that it is, yeah, as you said, Kevin, it's very, very freeing when you realize that, like, you can just kind of treat everything as a joke to to a degree, not, un- not entirely. Yeah, no, but, there's, yeah. But there's also, there's that hidden, there's that darker aspect to it that is, that does crop up and that we are kind of dealing with the repercussions right. of now. And there is actually also a book that was written a little while back called uh, The Black Iron Prison. That was a modern attempt to write a new uh, Discordian book mm-hmm. that that wrote about the philosophy but took all the humor out. And there were some people that were like, yes, finally, something like this. And most Discordians were like, well, if you take the jokes out, what's the fucking point? You're not having well, it, fun, why do Yes, it? exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, the other thing is one of the one of the most hilarious things about Discordianism, and I'm sure we're going to get to it, but the idea is that it was taking the piss out of like this idea of like an Illuminati. Yes. And ends up creating believers in the Illuminati. Yes. Yes. Because one of their major uh, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. 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 So let's move on to them as a uh, movement. And David, this is bowel movement. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Uh, David, I know that you're going to have some thoughts and stuff you want to share on this because this is your favorite aspect of Discordianism. Yeah. Uh, Discordianism as a political movement, of course, began in the counterculture in the 1960s. Uh, Carrie Thornley, the real name, as I said, of Omar Ravenhurst, was being investigated for possible links to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And that's going to be a whole episode of in and of itself because it, it is an absolutely amazing story. It's insane. It is amazing. I mean, like, what the fuck? It's like it's like a counterculture Forrest Gump. <laughs> so Thornley 
a friend of his that he met named Robert Anton Wilson, another prominent Discordian and author, uh, and other members of their circle, while he was being investigated, started feeding the people investigating them false info about the Illuminati being responsible for the murder of JFK. (laughs) Which is fucking great, because the lead investigator was paranoid and convinced that it was an Illuminati plot. (laughs) So they just fucking doubled down on it. And that was the beginning of Operation Mindfuck. This is just absolutely my favorite thing about Discordianism. It is also the most intensely problematic thing and probably the the dark legacy of all of this. It as is. fun as all of this is, uh-huh. this kind of sets off a trail of basically what right. is intellectual and cultural destruction. Well, when you're doing uh, a counterculture movement, you can't really copyright your methods. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, And we're going to do an entire episode about Operation Mindfuck, because holy shit. Um, (laughs) So Operation Mindfuck is essentially uh, culture jamming. Are you guys familiar with the uh, the term culture jamming? It wasn't that the... uh you know, D&D space setting? No, it was space... That was spell jammers. Oh, damn it. Man, I almost fucked that one up. I thought it was like a skill in uh, Netrunner. No, no, but I'm sure it's somewhere in Cyberpunk (laughs) Cyberpunk 2077, which, man, I've never seen so many T-poses in a game before. But (laughs) um, the basic idea is uh, disruption of normal operations in society. Uh, by gumming up the works with nonsense and things that break people out of their normal routines. Oh, so like, you know, the men in black and UFOs and... Sort of. What about flash mobs? Would we count Flash mobs are definitely uh, Discordian in nature. Okay. Uh, A great example, and uh, okay, like here's a great example that's not in the outline that I wanted to bring up is the turkey curse. Thanksgiving. The turkey curse. All right. So if there is a gray face, which is a term for somebody giving out anoresian vibes, which is basically taking the world seriously, and it's really harshing your, your vibes, you do the, the turkey curse where you stand like uh, you're going to box, like, you know, Queensberry rules and all that. And then you start moving your arms around like a wizard. And you like move your hands like you're fondling a giantess, and you start going <laughs> at the person. And the the results should be instantaneous. Yeah, the results are you're getting fired because you're doing that to your boss. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, that that is that is an example of Operation Mindfuck is the turkey curse. Okay. So okay. Uh, another great example though is Jake Day. I fell in love with the idea of Jake Day. Jake Day is when a particularly inept civil servant or bureaucrat is targeted and every Discordian cabal that is in contact with each other sends this person a message. Every member is requested to write to this guy. You send messages, requests, and awards on that day. And it bogs them down in the system and basically takes them out for a little while. Mm. 
Another good example is defacing advertisements and billboards, basically taking corporate messages and turning them into revolutionary ideas. It's just this side of anarchy. So the Chick-fil-A cows are practicing discordians then. Shit. You're right. <laughs> Goddamn. Well, again, like the, the tools can be co-opted by the corporations. Oh yeah, no, totally. Like, like we're, we're getting into to Netrunner shit here. Yeah. So <laughs> this is just fighting the aliens and they live. It really, mm-hmm. that, I am so glad you brought that up because that falls straight into the Fenords thing, which we'll get into in a little bit. I feel like I feel like they live is probably a Discordian film. Like if they're, you were to put together a short list of like five movies that are Discordian movies that help yeah, you understand the movie, this, they live is one of yeah, them. Yeah, they live. Steal this film, steal this book, which the film was based on. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So from my readings, Discordians have been having a great time over in Germany and Poland in modern times. Oh, I'm glad that they made up. Things got pretty rough for them in the 1930s. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <clears throat> and they don't either. So, so, so are they like the, the Germans I hear about that are like just, you know, going out in fields naked? They're the fun Germans. That's the chaos magicians, actually. So, yes, technically. <laughs> uh, the folks, I, hear, well, I just sorry. hear a lot of Germans will like just go. There's a word for it. I can't remember. Well, you know, that's but they, that's. But they'll just go out in nature naked. And it's like, that sounds, well, you know. Well, 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 yeah. Germans have like two vibes. They're either incredibly serious or not, or they're or crazy as fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, how did Adams come up with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Lying drunk in a field in Innsbruck, Germany. <laughs> so there you go. <clears throat> now, the folks interviewed in Chasing Eris, which again, fantastic book, highly recommend it. They, because the dude interviews like the living founders of Discordianism and uh, travels the world talking to groups of Discordians. So definitely a fascinating read. He says that they still live in the shadow of countries formerly dominated by communism. And Discordians, Discordianism offers a true freedom from the past, away from what their parents grew up in, and you'll find that this is, seems to be a common theme in countries where revolution is the topic of the day. It's all South America as well. You know, and I, um, the other day I, I just watched the movie uh, Necromantic, which was a punk rock because uh, Germany, you know, this is back when the Berlin Wall was still up um, in Berlin. Right, 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 right. And, you know, they, horror was banned. Yes. So in order to get around that, these punk bands would like cut reels and make their own movies to play in the back of their concerts. Right. And I I was just thinking about that. As you're talking about this, I'm realizing like, oh, shit, Necromantic is like a discordant because that's a fucked up movie. If you've never seen it, I have. I need to to check it out. Maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, no, it's kind of like, oh, maybe I should watch Cannibal Holocaust (laughs) or a Serbian beautiful opening theme, Mm -hmm. by the way. (laughs) <laughs> so another uh, another interesting thing to come out of Discordianism, and this blew my mind, is the, the concept of the copyleft movement. Have you guys ever heard of this? Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, good. I had not heard of it. Uh, it's essentially evolved into the Creative Commons license. I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's the idea of work being open to copy or alter with the understanding that anything made with it is also copyleft instead of copyright. 
The Principia Discordia is one of the very first examples of a copyleft doc. It includes the phrase, copyleft, all rights reversed. (laughs) And, you know, it strikes me that a lot of the fundamental culture of the old internet has some heavy linkage to Discordia. Oh, yeah, and we're going to talk a bit about that. I'm assuming they probably found early refuge and connection. Oh, yes. BBSs Mm -hmm. of the early internet. Yeah, the BBSs, uh, 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 Usenet, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, And we, of course, like I said, we're going to go deeper into all this when we do our Operation Mindfuck episode because there is so much to cover mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, to get to the like meat of Discordianism, like the truly funny stuff and what have you, we're going to talk about Discordianism as a religion. <clears throat> now, it found its home in the pagan and Wiccan groups of the world of the modern day due to its dedication to the goddess Eris. So, at a lot of get-togethers, you can find your Discordians there. Now, those familiar with Greek mythology will know the story of Eris. But for those who don't, a quick rundown from the Principia Discordia itself. <clears throat> and I quote, it seems that Zeus was preparing a wedding banquet for Peleus and Thetis and did not want to invite Eris because of her reputation as a troublemaker. This coming from Zeus is pretty bold. Yes. <laughs> now this made Eris angry, and so she fashioned an apple of pure gold and inscribed upon it, Callisti, to the prettiest one. And on the day of the fete, she rolled it into the banquet hall and then left to be alone and joyously partake of a hot dog. Now, three of the invited goddesses, Athena, Hera, and Aphrodite, each immediately claimed it to belong to herself because of the inscription, and they started fighting, and they started throwing punch all over the place and everything. Hot. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Now, finally, Zeus calmed things down and declared that an arbiter must be selected, which was a reasonable suggestion, and all agreed. He sent them to a shepherd of Troy, whose name was Paris, because his mother had had a lot of gall and married a Frenchman. (laughs) But each of the sneaky goddesses tried to outwit the others by going early and offering a bribe to Paris. Athena offered him heroic war victories. Hera offered him great wealth, and Aphrodite offered him the most beautiful woman on earth. Being a healthy young Trojan lad, Paris promptly accepted Aphrodite's bribe, and she got the apple, and he got screwed. (laughs) As she had promised, she maneuvered earthly happenings so that Paris could have Helen, the Helen, then living with her husband, Menelius, king of Sparta. Anyway, everyone knows that the Trojan War followed when Sparta demanded their queen back and that the Trojan War is said to be the first war among men. And so we suffer because of the original snub. And so a Discordian is to to partake of no hot dog buns. Do you believe that? Now, would a tortilla count as a hot dog bun here? No. Again, back to the semantics of the hot dog bun. I I think it is strictly hot dog buns. Like you could... You can use bread or a hamburger bun. So two pieces of bread is not a hot dog bun. But what about one piece of bread wrapped around the hot dog? Not specifically designed to hold a hot dog. (laughs) 
I do want to mention that the story is fantastic. I love the little jokes in there. The, oh, uh, the gall the, the, of marrying the, the gall a one, Yeah, that one. That one's like that. That's funny. Oh, that really tickled like that. me when I it read is, that. It is a very punny story. It is. There's a lot of puns in the Principia. Mm-hmm. So again, while silly at its core, Discordianism is a fascinating enough idea that it has serious practitioners <laughs> around the globe. Its basic structure is made up of cabals founded by various episcopos who received their call to Eris from their pineal gland. Now, Discordians are encouraged to form cabals, argue about what Eris told them, form schisms, and start new cabals. Just like any religion. Yep, pretty much. Now, below the episcopos are popes. Every man, woman, child, and anything else is a Pope of Discord, and you can get a card stating as such. You're you're a Pope whether you have a card or not. The card just lets everyone else know. Now, see, usually in other faiths, Popes are regularly identified by their holier-than-thou attitudes. Yeah, see, that's what I like about Discordianism. They also (laughs) say they are a non-profit religion. (laughs) Again, with the puns. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, lastly are the saints. Now, most of the saints are fictional characters that embody the Eurasian movement. Like, uh, Felix the Cat is a saint of Discord. Could 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 Doomslayer <laughs> be a saint of Discordia? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Rip and tear. What about, what about Isabel from Animal Crossing? Probably. You just want to pair those two. No, I just, they're just connected in my brain. So So, I just, I brought them up back to back. Sure. Yeah. I don't see why not. So her Doomslayer, uh, I believe Tom Sawyer. That, that would make sense. Yes. Now the second group of saints are Saint second class, which is the only group made up of actual people who lived in the real world and live the life of a of Discordia. An example is Saint Second Class Emperor the Norton the First, who declared himself Emperor of America and Protector of Mexico. And seriously, look this guy up. It is amazing. I also heard he protects our computers uh, from viruses. Uh, yeah, better yeah. better than Saint Mac- McAfee, who like oh, went yeah. insane and moved to speaking South America. Of that yeah, speaking of a, a speaking of a fucking Discordian, I think John McAfee would definitely have been a Discordian. I think he was a tool of Eris, and he didn't know he was a Discordian. I think he was just yeah. a tool. Okay, that's fair as well. Uh, and also, I recently sainted. Uh, me and Mike's late friend as St. Jebo of the Reticulating Splines. Oh. Yeah, man loved his uh, his Sims. He would do god-awful <laughs> social experiments of chaos in there. Like Put he'd... all the Sims in the pool, remove the ladder, no, make a graveyard. No, no, he would invite oh. all the Sims in the neighborhood over, get them in a bedroom, and then remove the door. <laughs> and just trap them and put a glass front and turn it into a zoo. I feel like there's an entire cottage industry of studies about how people played The Sims that should be there done. Could be, there could be psychological thesis on oh, yes. Sim management. I'm pretty sure, like, if they had seen what St. Jebo did, he would have been stuck in a concrete box. I was going to say nothing but, like, <laughs> whoopee and poops as far as the eye yep. can see. So, now a lot of people come to Discordianism due to its sense of belonging to something. It's, it's seen as atheism with ceremony. 
I mean, there's mm. initiations and rituals and holidays and parable, parables. And there's two bad guys, as it were, in the Discordian religion. The first I mentioned before, Grayface. Grayface is described as a hunch-brained jerk who thought we all needed to take the world seriously and started the idea of not having fun in everyday life, and he is the major source of order and misery. And he's everyone's dad. I hate you, dad. Yeah, Just he, take, he's, take your dad yeah. stuff and go back to dadville. You're dad, and I'm Doug, and I'm out of here. <laughs> that sounds like everyone's buzzkill dad. Well, it does. He sounds like the dean in any frat house college movie. Robot house! <laughs> Had to get the uh, had to get the obligatory Futurama joke in there. <laughs> so, but no, we actually have a dude that comes in the store that I am his arch nemesis somehow. Hmm. And when I read Grayface, his face popped in my head. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Jack Rudy. Jack Rudy guy. I know exactly who you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Jack Rudy is a tonic. He comes in and buys it, and just he is. Kevin, he Kevin, has never had a good day because he was like three minutes after closing time. Kevin really like destroyed him because he wouldn't let him in to buy stuff. Because we can't legally <laughs> sell anything after ten p.m. Well, I mean, I mean, he was just like wailing on the no, doors. We, we had already like closed the uh-huh. registers and shit. Yeah. Like you know, sure, he, what he wanted to buy was not technically alcohol, but we can't sell anything. Well, no, after I mean 10. we could. I mean, I guess theoretically we could, but we're already pulling registers and shit. You show up after closing time, you have no right to bitch. Yeah, no, he's wailing on the doors, just going in this dead monotone, I need to buy something. It's like, we're closed. It's not alcohol. Don't care, we're closed. So, anyway. Kevin made a uh, nemesis. Yeah, no, he, he will walk past me to someone else's register that no one is at until someone else walks up to check him out. It's fucking hilarious. I am his arch nemesis, and I don't give a shit. So, the second enemy is the Bavarian Illuminati. Now, these guys are mentioned in the Principia Discordia, but more as, like, allies and fellow secret societies. It wasn't until Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea's Illuminatus trilogy paired the two as eternal enemies that people started the idea of them being warring societies, with the Illuminati representing order and the Discordians representing chaos. So, that's our two sort of devils, as it were, in the religion. Uh who who was it? Uh, it was uh, August Derleth who kind of like added like the cosmology to Lovecraft's writings. Right? Well, he also added Jesus. So you yeah, know, yeah. I kind of take feels very much like a, I take yeah, August feels, Derleth stuff and throw it out the window. Yeah, it feels very much kind of like an Arkham House, like Derleth, like you sure. know, grand cosmology, sure, good and evil thing. Except that in this case, Robert Anton Wilson was the better writer. Yeah, so, yeah, no. In this uh, case, it's good, but yes. in principle, right? It's it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So Discordians hold the number five to be holy. Now, this is because of what they call the law of fives, saying that everything happens in fives or multiples of fives, and if it doesn't, you're just not looking hard enough. <laughs> they also venerate the number twenty-three because two plus three equals five, but Actually, there is a huge conspiracy revolving around the number 23, 
and we may need to do an episode on numerology in the future that links back to Discordianism and the number 23. Now, I'm just going to tell you a numerology episode would be my suicide note. <laughs> I agree. Okay. I mean, five is seems very arbitrary. Like, it is. I it's completely three. arbitrary. Like, it's funny well, the, in the yeah, way... It's part of, it's yeah. it's like forty two in the Hitchhiker's Guide. See, see threes, three people always see threes. Yeah, yeah. twenty three is a magical number, though. Isn't it is. It? it is. It is a very magical number. There yeah, are was, a lot of conspir. There's yeah. a lot you know of why? coincidences. You know why? It's got two and three in it. Because it's Michael Jordan's number. God damn it, motherfucker! That's part <laughs> of the conspiracy. <laughs> that he's part of the Illuminati, but we're not not going to get into that. That's for the <laughs> that's for the numerology episode. Now, another major part, <laughs> what? I, I mean, just, I'm pleased to punch that I actually remember that that was his number. Very good. And how much have you had to drink so far? Oh, look, aside from what I spilled, I'm like, so that's like a drink and three quarters in. If you've got your bingo cards, we just heard Mike's ice clank. So, all right. Another major, okay, now you're doing it on purpose. Yes, I did. Another major part of Discordianism is the idea of Fnords. <laughs> the idea is that Fnords are hidden words we have been conditioned not to see. They cause depression, anxiety, and terrible feelings, but you don't see them, so you never know why you feel that way. And they are in news stories and articles. The Again, only, they live. Yes, exactly. That's where the, the connection is with they live. It's the same general idea. The only thing that doesn't have Fnords, though, is advertising. Ads don't have Fnords, so we'll feel great about the products, and they make us happy. Ooh. And that's why you'll often hear or see Discordians along with the phrase, I have seen the Fnords. Now, now, see, I heard that if you're particularly eager to uncover them, that you're pining for the Fnords. I want to hit you for that, by the way. I will throw a chair at your face. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it would be great if we had some adventures with Fnord Fairlane. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, I the thing that gets me about the Fnords is as silly as it sounds, it's also like, in my head, plausible. Mm. And I hate that. And it really came to the forefront, again, in the Illuminatus trilogy. So, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes back to that. So, Mm. now all this talk about radical freedoms and silliness has had a very unexpected impact in the world of magic and religion. Specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about chaos magicians. Chaos magic sort of arose in the UK as their answer to Discordianism because, Mm. you know, magic was pretty big in the 60s and 70s in the UK. Yeah, and that was because, like, witchcraft laws were repealed around that time in the UK. Exactly. So, Well, well, I, I just remember Magic the Gathering being very popular in the 90s in the US. Maybe it's still popular. I mean, <laughs> that's when I was first exposed to it. We're old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so chaos magicians cite Discordianism as a major influence on their practices and view of the world. You can find quotes from the Principia Discordia 
uh, in a lot of places in uh, uh, Condensed Chaos, the uh, one of the best books about chaos magic. I highly recommend that over the actual original texts, uh, Lieber Null and Psychonaut, because those are fairly impenetrable to a degree. They're basically <laughs> grimoire. Meanwhile, this is uh, a how-to guide. Now, most of the South American Discordians interviewed in Chasing Eris are actually chaos magicians in parts of, like, cabals that are covens. And their, ro- their lives are ruled by chaos and synchronicity. They live the life. They live the magical life. They do uh, rituals and shit. Sounds awful. So they use Sabah's quote as a mantra, since chaos magic is based around using anything and everything magical as long as it works. Hence, uh, nothing is real, everything is, you know, yeah. my brain. Anyway, again, we've got a massive series on magic coming uh, sometime in the future, but we'll get into all that. Uh, just know that it goes hand-in-hand with Discordianism in a lot of ways. The word you're looking for is... Permitted. Permitted. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Long day. A, a lot of it could probably be summarized that the, the vibes are fucked and you try to, re, you try to rewrite them. Um, yeah. Now, we, we've, talk, we've talked a little bit about Thornley, and Thornley is a problematic figure in all of this. But I do like his quote from the introduction of the fifth edition of the Principia Discordia. Yeah. Uh, quote, if organized religion is the opium of the masses, then disorganized religion is the marijuana of the lunatic fringe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kevin. And, and coming from him, that is that is really true. Kevin mm-hmm. told me that earlier, and I would say not marijuana, more like LSD. Yeah, nobody mm. that really gets into chaos magic with Discordianism is laid back. Yeah, marijuana is too like mellowing. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. PCP of I, the lunatic fringe. I feel like if you're me and you're into the philosophical idea of it, it's more of a marijuana because you're just basically watching Scooby Doo all day. <laughs> I would do it, but like my throat is so dry from talking right now, I can't do Shaggy. So. Uh, another religious outcome of Discordianism was the Church of the Subgenius. Many of its ideas were adopted by the subgeniuses and combined with the 50s aesthetic and the Lovecraft mythos. So, hello to anyone out there who might be a follower of the almighty J.R. Bob Dobbs. Now, now, isn't this your like specific brand of Discordianism? No, because... Uh, the subgenius is also like way pro capitalism, and to join the religion, you actually have to pay like fifty bucks. Oh, ew. Yeah, and and in fact, that's like paying ten dollars to get access to a forum. Oh, Who the fuck, fuck off! Would do that? <laughs> fuck you. Now, that was money well spent. Yeah, I'm now, like running I, on I, my second have, decade of that ten dollars. <laughs> I still am mad about that fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles account recovery screen because I could never recover my fucking account. Wow. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Uh, Reverend Stang, the founder of the Church of the Subgenius, has said the only reason he allowed the church to exist is because he knew if it got out of hand, the Discordians would destroy it. <laughs> and yes, I have an idea for an episode coming up on the Church of the Subgenius as well. Uh, I just need to get the book of the subgenius, which is 
not surprisingly overpriced. <laughs> oh, so it's not $150. No, it's it's high, but it's not... I mean, I'm not trying to buy like an 80s copy of the Principia Discordia that's going for like 100 bucks, but, you know, mm-hmm. still. If the idea of an atheist religion, though, sounds familiar, you're probably thinking of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Bunch of posers. Now, while not directly associated with Discordianism, uh, the Discordians walked so that Pastafarians could run. Now, it seems pretty impossible to me that Discordianism does not have direct links to whomever kicked off the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And that's that's very possible. Also, very nice of you to use that old uh, Mario Brothers Super Show pun there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely... definitely uh, Standing on the shoulder of giants there. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you can see that this is sort of the basis for a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I always had a problem with the... Uh, the Pastafarians? Sp- yeah, the Pastafarian flying spaghetti monster. Now I know why. It's like, they, they're not the first... Uh, they're, they're, they're not the first. I don't even necessarily think they're the best. Oh, no. no. Yeah. They, they were just a, a reinvention for, like, the aughts. Yeah. Which is funny, because I think it's about time Discordianism came back, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Maybe we could come up with our own. Oh, you mean like the Crab Stationists? Ooh, there you go. Uh, Oh, wait, wait, it was the Crustationists, my bad. We await the time of the the Crab Pocalypse. We we slather ourselves in melted butter. I slather myself (laughs) in butter for him. So, now let's talk about the holidays of the Discordians for a bit. Now, if you want, a, like, a detailed list of the official holidays, there are 11 mentioned uh, in the Principia Discordia. And, you know, that's great and all. But the one I really want to mention uh, is not mentioned in there. It was invented in the 1980s by the Discordians, and it is called Moosemus. So here's my thing. I, I will adhere to any religion that gives me the most holidays that I can conceivably take <laughs> oh, from work. Do you know how many there are in Discordianism? I mean A look, lot. Look, if I if if I can get my work to to recognize any of them, I'm there. Just 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 start getting big enough to where I can say, No, that that's a holiday yeah. for me. Can't be here. Mm-hmm. So like, Every Monday. I want a religion that every Monday is a holiday. I could see that. I could get down with that. Garfieldism. Every, <laughs> oh. every Monday is a holiday. So, you know, we, we might want to actually add that to the calendar of Discordian holidays. But Moose Miss, it's a floating holiday in December, or not. It can be any time of year, or multiple times. Uh, it was invented, like I said, in the 80s. So it's not listed in the Principia Discordia. And uh, what you do is you hang up a bunch of pictures of moose all around your house. And then you invite all your friends over for brunch. And you drink mimosas and bloody mooses and other drinks with moose in the name. And you eat snacks like chocolate mousse. And then everybody sings the 12 Days of Moosemas or another carol. And the 12 Days of Moosemas lyrics are very simple. It's it's very similar to the uh, 12 Days of Christmas, but it's eight dogs of fucking, seven dogs of fucking, six dogs of fucking, five fucking dogs. You get the idea. 
Now, now, the real twist is when you get to one and then you have to fuck the dog. Well, actually, the uh, the one is one is a dog fucking itself. <laughs> so, so, so I the, the the odd numbers of dogs fucking is it's it's just like a Ouroboros of fucking dogs like fucking each other. Until yeah, they, like circle back around. Yep, that's it. Or, nobody it's, wants to be the. It's a engine. daisy. It's a daisy chain of no, dog fucking. No one wants to be the engine on the uh, dog fucker train. Oh God. Well, but no, so, so here's my problem with moose miss is that I, I don't really care for mooses. I don't either, but I mean, do you need an excuse to have pictures of Bullwinkle up all over the house? I don't want to see that smug motherfucker looking at How me. is, how the fuck is he smug? He's an idiot. He doesn't have any kind of pride. But he thinks Bye he does, Rocky. fucking dogs. <laughs> hey, Rocky, watch me pull a fucking dog out of my ass. So See, he always thinks he could pull a rabbit out of his hat, but he never does. No, that's just he's a stupid. Fucking idiot. That's just, well, oh, God damn it! I'm not having this argument about Bullwinkle. He's getting the really moose. mad at a cartoon. What's that? He's getting really mad at a cartoon. He is. He's he's been drinking. He's, I'm get, not, he's I'm get, not getting mad. I'm just saying, you know, I, getting, I can think of more things I would rather have than pictures of mooses, mooses, mooses. All over my house. Mises. I, I'm just picturing a very drunk Mike just like really getting angry just at Rigby s- on the regular show. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I just picture him sitting there going, I fucking hate you. So, but he's it, a raccoon. Honestly, though, it's an excuse, though, like everything else, to get together with your friends, drink, and be silly. Well, I understand that, but yes. Yeah. It's the moose thing. I mean, come on. I want a better animal. Snakes or something. I don't Snake care. Snake mess? What? That's for Halloween, my friend. Well, you know, social rituals are a funny thing like that. They may not be discordian, but they are in like a similar wheelhouse. If you have like that tight social group that has those weird little rituals and traditions. So um, so yeah. we've, we've had one. We've been trying to continue it, but, you know. Are you talking about a... Uh... So, so adulting gets in the way and everyone forgets and, but no, we've been trying our group of friends to do a, uh, so you, have you seen a letter Kenny? Yes. David oh, the, the super soft birthday. Yeah. We yes. need to do that. We've been trying to do a yearly like super soft birthday that basically encompasses everybody in March, April. And well, June, you know, I, I mean, it's May. kind of everyone yeah. in general, but everyone in mm. a certain you know, Gotta stretch have of months, mm-hmm. but we've only ever pulled it off once so far. Yeah. So, you know, but, but it, we always like when we're getting together, we're like, when it comes up, it's like, yeah, we need to do the super soft birthday. And but, then life happens. And yeah, life yeah. happens. Yeah. But I mean, like I, it's I, I would thing, love that, man. Like fr- uh, Friendsgiving is a good example. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. That, and, that happens more often. Thankfully. Yeah. And, and then there's like, um, Shit, the Halloween party. Yeah, we, we used have. to have a lot of yeah. Halloween parties, but those then, were you know, fun. The the hosts' kids got old enough that they had to like you know tone it down. Well, no, not and just be with them. Like, yeah, you know, when you have they kids, had to do parenting stuff on Halloween. Go yeah, figure. When, when you have kids, you tech you typically have to like devote time to them during the holidays, not right. your weird freaking friends. Yeah, and uh, but it's still you know. It's a thing. And, and another good example of a Discordian holiday that they may not have known is fucking uh, Festivus. 
Mm-hmm. Festivus is a perfect example of a Discordian holiday. Like what? You mean mean uh, 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 God? I can't remember the guy's the character's name. Oh, uh, Jerry, uh, 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 George's dad. George's dad. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. He didn't invent that. No, that actually came from uh, one of the writers' dads did that because he hated Christmas so much. They did Festivus, and there's rituals in Festivus that didn't make it into the show. Like his father would put a clock into a sock and nail it to the wall. And when someone asked, why did you just do that? He would say, it is not for you to know. <laughs> That's fucking Discordian. That, has that, to is, that is so a goddamn Discordian holiday. So, so. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm pretty much atheist. Right. I yes. fucking love Christmas. Oh yeah, no, I love holidays. I mean, oh, yeah. Christmas is awesome. Yeah, like it, it, it. If I had to like name the the things that Christianity gave us, like Christmas would be up there. Oh like, yeah, right yeah. there at the it, top. If, for me, um, like Halloween's always going to be my favorite holiday. Yeah, I'm a spooky bitch. I mean, you know, but, Halloween's uh, cool too. Yes, I I love Halloween too. But but yeah, for me, it's Thanksgiving. Like, um, again, like I don't, I don't like getting together with the family or anything like that, but like, you know, I've been doing kind of like low key Thanksgivings with Holly and it's just like getting able, being able to like cook for people. Um, you know, the mystery science theater, Turkey day going on. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great sort of thing. thing. Just Um, like, for me, it's like a low key togetherness thing. So, okay. So we've done that some impromptu ranking. I would go Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Kevin, what do you say? I'm going to go Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Okay. David? Yeah, so it'd be Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd throw Christmas in there, mostly because, like, I like the, the candy at oh, Christmas. Yeah. That, that that's my thing. Like I'm I'm a commercial whore when it comes to Christmas. Oh, just sure. Like buying like the Christmas treats and everything. Oh no, like I my my favorite thing is the trappings. Like there's a Mary Beta Maximus I will tune into sometimes online where it's a, a old TV on a website and Christmas it just pulls lights. it pulls old yeah. Christmas specials and old Christmas commercials off but, of YouTube and I'll, plays them like a channel. Yeah, I'll put it to you this way, listeners. We currently, year-round, we have a very long string of Christmas lights wrapped around the room we're sitting in right now. In the studio, yes, yes. because I told Mike, never take these down. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I put them up, and I liked them, and they're they're on a timer, so they come on and off right, automatically. Right. And they're just year-round from, like, sundown till about two in the morning we right. have christmas lights yep you know christmas is also when i get the best sleep because they have like the yule logs going on uh, and oh i just yeah. put those yep. on at night yep. and i just fall asleep man well guys we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back after this quick break you die once and suddenly you're not invisible Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. 
So, if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. And we're back. And uh, before we move on, I just want to say, if you head to principiadiscordia.com, you can find a lot of PDFs or online versions of the books that uh, we've been talking about. Not uh, Chasing Eris, but like the actual, quote, holy books. And uh, you can find links to other websites uh, like Historia Discordia, where you can find a PDF instructing you on how to celebrate Moosemas. So uh, just wanted to get that out there. Now, uh, now that we're back, let's talk about Discordianism in pop culture and some of its effects, shall we? Mm-hmm. Now, Discordianism probably would have petered out if it weren't for Wilson and Shay's Illuminatus trilogy, because it was just another counterculture movement for the most part. Uh, but Illuminatus is sprinkled with quotes and references to Discordia and the Principia and the Honest Book of Truth. And to get people interested again in the late 70s, and Wilson's writings would continue to fuel the fires of chaos well until his death a few years ago. Mm. And uh, uh, again, Illuminatus, it's definitely a product of its time. It's got some material that would be considered uh, problematic today, uh, but it's, it's a hell of a read, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's like if Douglas Adams wrote Catch-22. Well, and if, if Douglas Adams was, like, competing against Joseph Heller... Yes. Yes, the like writing of that chapter after chapter, they're fighting each other. Yeah, they're just writing each other into corners. To, it's like, all right, fucker, how you getting out of this one? Mm-hmm. And it, the way they get out in some instances is like, well, the only way to do it is to break narrat- uh, the narrative. Mm-hmm. So, again, interesting book. Check it out if you're so inclined. And uh, just be ready to be offended and fascinated. (laughs) So, another uh, thing is, David, are you familiar with Mike and David, actually? Are you guys familiar with the band, the KLF? I Um, gotta say no. What? Um, They um, did a song... In the 90s, called Justified and Ancient with Tammy mm. Wynette. That I kind of remember. Okay. And as the Time Lords, they did the song Doctor in the TARDIS, which was a mashup of the Doctor Who theme and a Gary Glitter song. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So these guys are, ma- are Discordians. Okay. Uh, in fact, at one of their last everything they did was uh, Discordian in nature their advertising was culture jamming Uh, it was all Operation Mindfuck type stuff Uh, they 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 did like an album premiere where they they, everybody had to put on cult robes and go into a shack (laughs) and do a ritual and then listen to the fucking album that's cool so so I was reading that. I had to do some Googling because I couldn't remember. Yeah. But I was getting uh, KLF confused with EMF. Unbelievable. Yes, exactly. Yeah, different band. Yes, I realize that now. I was going, wasn't that the unbelievable band? Yeah. But But 
uh, KLF, like their original name was the Justified Ancients of Mumu, which is a a a uh, secret organization in the Illuminatus trilogy that got their start in Lemuria. These fucking nerds. I swear to God, man. Shit, I, mean, <laughs> I remember you in high school going on about Moo Land. Yeah, no, the fucking song is catchy as hell. And like I said, it's Tammy Wynette. They even wrote <laughs> in references to Stand By Your Man for her to sing. <laughs> and their last big performance, they burned a million pounds on... Uh, they burned a million pounds. Money pounds. Money. Okay. Now, see, I thought you were going to say they burned Tammy Wynette, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. She's, no, no, no. She I thought you were going to say like a million years. pounds of like marijuana. I'm like, that's a lot of marijuana. No, no. Money. They took out loans from Sounds the like banks. Sounds like a real joker moment. Like big, huge banks. They took out loans and then just set it on fire. That, that's That sounds like one of those uh, uh, art things that's just a... Uh, fraud scheme it's basically yeah it's basically a big middle finger and uh i mean it's there's a book about them i would definitely suggest you read up on them because they're they're a fascinating group and they've got some really decent songs they Hmm. also uh they broke up in 1992 and they got together uh god when was it it was i don't remember they got together for 23 minutes uh at, at, at the dawn of the new millennium, I think. Huh. 23, of course, being a major number for Discordia. They got together for 23 minutes. That's that was, funny. That was That's it. Funny. And they were in makeup as geriatric old men in wheelchairs with oxygen masks. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about Fight Club for a second. Operation Mayhem is like mindfuck taken to the next level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the whole uh, destroying a piece of corporate art and all that, that is straight up Discordian. Mm. And it's all about, you know, chaos and, 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 and being free because nothing means anything. Uh, Steve Jackson Games, I'm sure you're familiar with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they did uh, Munchkin, GURPS. They had a board and card game called Illuminati. Uh, inspired by the Illuminatus books, but not directly based on them for legal reasons. Yeah, because they're like selling it, and they yes. can't, you can't copy left it and sell it. For yeah, profit. well, Illuminatus is copyrighted. Oh, okay, so which is so fucked when you think about it. Yeah, I know, but that's all with the publishers now. Uh, they even published a copy of the Principia Discordia, known as the black cover copy. Uh, because it's copy left. Anybody can publish a copy of the Principia Discordia. Mm Um, also Steve Jackson, one of, uh, one of the members was doing, uh, Operation Mindfuck stuff on BBSs and would do it at work. And their, uh, their offices were raided by the fucking FBI (laughs) and they sued them and won. Hell yeah. For raiding and stealing their computers and not giving them back. So that's really fascinating. Uh, This is one that uh, I I thought was hilarious once I read the book. 
Uh, everybody knows Adam Savage's famous quote from the beginning of uh, Mythbusters, I reject your reality and substitute my own. <clears throat> that is mm-hmm. a line from Illuminatus. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of references in pop culture to 23 that go back to Discordianism. So, you know, go, we'll do an episode about that eventually. But, and, but everything after 90, obviously, just referencing uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can trace the X-Files back to Illuminatus and Discordianism. You know, and that's the thing. As much as there is that idea that, like, the Illuminati controls the media, which is ridiculous. Um, pop culture is littered with Discordians planting ideas and themes as satire, which right. is kind of fulfilling that paranoia of the Illuminati that the Illuminatus trilogy was lampshading to begin with. Yeah, it's it, and that's one of the things they do is they're like, oh, if we if we spread more of it, it'll 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 make it seem stupider. No, no, that's not how that works. Unfortunately, <laughs> mm-hmm. that in fact that is the that what was it, Robert? said in um, in the Illuminati series on uh, Behind the Bastards, it's like leaving a loaded gun on a table in a room full of four-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's, the, it's the philosophical <laughs> equivalent of that. It is That is the most evocative statement I have I, ever heard, it, by the way. It really is. And I was like, wow, that's... Man, you gotta be careful with some of this shit. <laughs> Which does bring um, us to the bad things. Because we're not allowed to have pure fun all no, the time. No, there is no pure fun anymore. And while all this does sound pretty fun, there is a danger lying at the heart of all this. Uh, the ideas behind Operation Mindfuck can be used and have been used by anyone to make people question reality. All we have to do is look at the far right's rejection of any truth that doesn't follow their narrative to see that there are some dangerous ways this can be used. Because the left started this with Operation Mindfuck. The right just adopted it. I mean, Mm -hmm. also, spreading conspiracies for fun and profit has led to some awful things in our lives. I mean, we elected a criminal TV host and slumlord to the office of president. The Flat Earth Society has made a comeback in the modern era. Mike, what's it saying about satire not being uh, seen as satire? Um, yeah, there's one of those internet laws. I can't remember which number it is. But yeah, it's... Well, that, I don't know, yeah. That, yeah, it, it, we reach a point where uh, satire is unrecognizable as satire? Well, yes, there there is that, yes. That that satire is so, so out there, loops back around to being plausible. Right. Can't remember, I think that's, that's Poe's law, isn't it? Yes. Because Godwin's mm. law is Nazis. Yeah. Poe's law. <laughs> Poe's <laughs> law is the satire one. Yes. Right. And all of this is really fucking hilarious to me since the origi- one of the original major targets of the Discordians in the 60s was the fucking John Birch Society, <laughs> which is... Uh, redneck Nazis. Redneck Nazis that are anti-fascist and anti-communist. Mm. Yeah, a lot of modern-day troll aesthetics and techniques owe a lot to Discordianism. Oh, Again, yeah. it's it's the toolkit that was created, and then unfortunately, yeah, that tool is out there, and anyone can use it. Yep, we're just it's funnier when it's not. Yeah, yeah, yep. 
saying, saying that John Birch Society is anti-fascist, it's like, but that's like being anti-fascist by being differently fascist. Well, they're not self-aware. Yeah, yeah I know. they think they're anti-fascist, but they're really fascist. Yes, I I'm glad they. That. I'm glad that they're not as big as they were. Of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and then it loops back around to people claiming that Antifa is itself fascist. It's like, uh, it's in the name, motherfucker. I, yeah, I, exactly. Fascism is in the name. People, so there you yeah, go. Oh, say that, that, that they're <laughs> fascist for, you know, being Antifa. I, I don't understand that, but, um, <coughs> excuse me. As I said before, the Discordians, Really early adopters of the internet. Of course. In the uh, mid to late 90s with a huge influence on internet culture and humor. I would say that like a lot of something awful's humor was kind of discordian in a way. Probably, yeah. Uh, not not to give Lotax any real credit here, no. but like the community he I'll, collected I would say, yeah, people, is I'd modern say, discordianism. I'd say if not... Discordian in actual name, at least oh. Discordian in Spirit. philosophy, gravitated yes. towards. Because, I mean, the Something Awful's slogan was, the internet makes you stupid. But it's on the internet. Yes. But mm-hmm. it makes you stupid. Exactly. But it's on the internet. Right. But it makes you stupid. Okay. Yeah. Catch-22. Yes. Again with the Catch-22. Now, communities for Discordianism sprung up on Usenet with alt.discordia, uh, CompuServe, AOL, anyone feel old yet? <laughs> and all the major online communities uh, had a Discordian component, and it continued to thrive for years via forums like the one on PrincipiaDiscordia.com. Now, though... When we need it the most... I no. Yes. One of the guiding sayings of the movement is we Discordians must stick apart, and by God have they. <laughs> most links to sites, blogs, and communities are dead. The remaining forums are shadows of their former selves. In fact, on the PrincipiaDiscordia.com forum, there's a post saying, Hey guys, this forum is a dead old forum. Just like the the dead gay something awful forums. Yes. <laughs> the remaining forums are shadows of their form themselves, and the Facebook groups are like anything else, mostly just places to post memes. And that's, which that's depressing. Like Discordians on Facebook, that just I, feels yeah, weird. It does. There is a subreddit r slash Discordia. I understand it, like from early days of mm-hmm. Facebook, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Post, They've been uh, on there for a while, so okay, okay. They post, always adopt something, and then like it turns into what it turns into. Postmodern Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You know, I spend. Mm-hmm. Most of my time on the uh, subreddit these days, which mm. still a lot of memes, but you do get some really interesting stuff. Like there's a guy posting the most schizophrenic reports of dealing with Greyface. <laughs> like this guy is talking about rocket ships and shit. Hell yeah. Now, we'll say the German communities and uh, communities outside of the U.S. seem to be doing really well. So, so Kevin, mm. there's there's all this f- uh, faltering and flailing, flagging, 
and other F-words. And internet presence. Right. But surely Discord, the one true social media conglomerate, has a strong Discordian presence. Not a goddamn server. Fuck. What a wasted opportunity. I There right. was one. It lasted for a month. Wow. I have thought about starting one. And I'm still thinking about it. We would lose you to it. I Yes, but... I, I'm going to go ahead and put my foot down and tell you not to do it. Damn it, David. I, I, no, I'm just... I Daddy! I, I'm, no, no, Kevin. Sorry. Uh, no. Maybe one day. If you get your grades up, son. So... <laughs> In conclusion, where does this leave Discordianism today? I I can't tell you. There may be armies of one-person cabals out there just waiting for the time to launch a new Operation Mindfuck against the world to try to pull us back from the brink of sanity. Or there could be in other countries. They could be in other countries making real and amazing social changes. Or... And this may be the saddest part. Everyone may have just moved on. Maybe it's time for a new generation, though, to find Discordianism. And they can decide what it's going to be in the future. And that just leaves one question, guys. Have you seen the Fenords? Ooh. You know... Going back to what you said about the German communities yeah. a, a couple of minutes ago, um, the other thing is that because Discordianism isn't an inherently anti-organization, um, down to parroting the apparatus of religious and governmental organizations, that is what I think is going to allow Discordianism to persist. Right. You know, as long as there are random assholes out there operating and being weird within the tenets, Discordianism is still thriving. All it takes is another, like, Illuminatus trilogy or pop cultural resurgence to recharge the idea en masse. And we know that history can be cyclical in that regard. And that's very true. Did I mention I'm writing a book? <laughs> so, I, I would say... It just sounds kind of like Discordianism kind of ran its course. It did what it set out to do. Like, look, it look did at, change look at, society. Look at society today. We mm. are a lot more pro individual and pro individualistic thinking yes. than we were in mm. the 60s. Very true. I think they kind of, it, it's fallen by the wayside because. It achieved its goals. There's that, but it's also a huge part of it is uh, the individuality of it is, is you know, they don't get together. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is that they, like, you know, it it was kind of to drive a, a pry bar between humanity and, like, the standardized religions. Yes. Right. Not necessarily an atheist mindset, but a a anti-establishment mindset. Absolutely. They, they weren't like pro, you know, all in, you know, don't believe in anything. They were more of a believe in whatever the fuck you want to believe, whatever the feels right. Yeah. Like Kevin, you can, you can attest to this. I don't know, David, probably a little less so being he's from hippy dippy land. But <laughs> when we were growing up, damn son, when he, we were growing up, it was, you were expected to fall in line with your parents' religion. 
I mean, it was expected. I, it of was you. expected in other families. My well, parents okay, and, were extremely unique in that they well, didn't go to church, and my but, mom told but me, you could, "Whatever you, you decide." You can think that you know, ten years, five years prior. Oh you know, yeah, if, no, I'd be going to church and, with them on yeah, a Sunday. So, so you and me are my kind of similar. If my mom hadn't been thrown out of that church because they said she yeah. had a demon in her, yeah. But but Fuck. you and me are a little similar in that our parents weren't, but. But we were the exception, oh, especially yeah, no, in our, in no, our that's totally geographical and socioeconomic In the buckle standing. of the Bible Belt. See, see, my journey wasn't too much. So I have a very, very religious grandmother. Right. Um, and then my mom kind of like got away from the church, but then yeah. she kind of found it again for a while and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, like they, they tried to make church a thing for me. Didn't take. Yeah. You know, didn't didn't really um, bother to keep it up, right? Yeah, but yeah. You know, the, the other thing I'm thinking about regarding discordianism is that like it is an ascended meme at this point. It is um, the the original context may be lost on most people, but the meme exists and persists and mutates. Like one one thing, like I don't know if the cartoon Gravity Falls is discordian. It's but I, it's, I can it, see that in yeah. spirit in spirit. Um, oh, and if with we're all about the conspiracies the term, and shit, yes. Yeah, but yeah, given like, if we're thinking about Discordianism as a meme that has mm-hmm. ascended, it's in that, and that's, I think, the ultimate and, legacy of what Discordianism is, is that, yeah, again, yeah. it changed the world and it changed the view and I feel people like, have. I feel like Welcome to Night Vale kind of carries on the tradition a bit, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. All so, that kind of stuff. So we, we've, we've touched upon that you know the the media presence of discordian ideas uh-huh. and i think those have really been what's permeated if not necessarily discordianism itself but some of the, the spirits and spirits that kind of uh diffused itself through media and kind yes. of stuck into you know it got our, stuck our, in the world's crawl. Yeah, it's got stuck into young people's brains that, you know, hey. We, we were indoctrinated without ever actually joining. I wouldn't say indoctrinated, <laughs> but more of, you know, prompted to question yes. everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is one of the big things so, uh, Robert Anton Wilson be, said is question. I don't believe anything, but I suspect a lot. Because I, I was no one ever told me to not believe it's just i started kind of questioning things and the answers i came up with was that just doesn't add up sure i mean i i i can never i that's i'm a bad atheist well, not bad but i am not a you know normal atheist you think of as like uh dawson and Penn Jillette, and they're kind of very ev- randy evangelical atheists mm-hmm. yeah and i'm not that way i'm never going to tell anyone that you know what you You're believe not is devout. wrong i'm just going to say that it didn't you know my own experiences brought me to question and not believe you know the doctrine i was handed and you know you you come up with your own right and that's situation. also part of chaos magic is uh personal experience trumps what anyone else has to say yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, so, so to a degree, I believe that, but also, you know, there's, 
then you start getting into flat earther. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I know that's the problem. It's always a double edged yeah. sword with this. Yes. But, but again, it's it's that that toolkit. That toolkit yes. that can do incredible things for society, or it and, can take um, a shit on your experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your, your 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 personal experiences are good, but then yeah, uh, until they're shit. not. I just realized. <laughs> I just realized. I'm I'm like going, oh fuck. Yeah. What corner have I painted myself into? No, now? no, that's the same problem I had writing this, where I was like, this is a dangerous toolkit mm-hmm. in the wrong hands, but it's out there anyway. Yeah. And I trust most of our listeners. Most. That, that's brave. That's <laughs> yeah, brave. Yeah, I know. But before we go, there's something special I wanted to do here. And uh, Mike and David, Mike, have you got the document open? Yes. Okay, great. Down toward the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, I'm going to get you guys to help me with something. And I want you, to guy, I want you guys to uh, do the callback parts I have in bold for me. Uh, I'm going to perform the Discordian baptismal rite for our listeners. And if you'd like to join, you can just speak along with Mike and David. All right? You, you guys okay with that? Um, sure. Okay, this is the P-O-E-E baptismal rite. Poee. And a little, uh, I'm going to do a little bit up front here from the Principia. This mystery rite is not required for initiation, but it is offered by many POEE priests to proselytes who desire a formal ceremony. One, the priest and four brothers are arranged in a pentagon with the initiate in the center facing the priest. If possible, the brothers on the immediate right and left of the priest should be deacons. The initiate must be totally naked to demonstrate that he is truly a human being and not something else in disguise like a cabbage or something. Yeah, it, to, make that, that's important. Yeah. Two. I think I'm nude right now. Yes. Two. All persons in the audience in the Pentagon, except the priest, assume a squatting position and return <laughs> to a standing position. This is repeated four times or more. This dance is symbolic of the humility of we Eresians. It also gets your leg day in. It does. Then the priest begins. I, Rasmataz the Elder, Keeper of the Sacred Fromage, KSF, ordained priest of the Perotheo Anamity Mystichood of Eris Esoteric, with the authority invested at me by the High Priest of It, Office of the Polyfather, the House of the Rising Podge, P-O-E-E, Head Temple, do herewith require of ye. Are ye a human being and not a cabbage or something? Yes. That's too bad. Do ye wish to be to better thyself? Yes. Yes. How stupid. Are you willing to become philosophically illuminized? Yes. Very funny. Will ye de- dedicate thyself to the holy Eresian movement? Probably. Probably. Then swear ye the following after me. Before the goddess Eris, I... Name her holy name. Before the goddess Eris, I... Da- uh, David Davis. Do uh, he- Sorry. I'm lost. Okay. <laughs> Do herewith declare with a POE brother or sister or other of the Legion of Dynamis 
Uh, I fucked that up. Okay, anyway, you would repeat this. Fuck it. Yeah. You, you said, yeah, you should yeah. say the bold parts, but there's I a lot of bold. To, I forgot to bold that. Anyway, before the goddess Eris, I, your name, do herewith declare myself a P-O-E-E brother or sister or other of the Legion of Dynamic Discord. The priest continues, then I do hereby proclaim ye P-O-E-E disciple, name, Legionnaire <laughs> of the Legion of Dynamic Discord. Hail Eris, hail, 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 yes. All present rejoice grandly. The new brother or sister opens a large jug of wine and offers it to all who are present. Their ceremony generally degenerates. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you if you read along with that, congratulations. You are now a member of the POEE and a member of the Legion of Dynamic Discord. Choose yourself a holy name. If you don't agree with my views on Discord, start your own damn cabal. I'd mm-hmm. rather be a uh, member of the Static Discord. Ooh, I'm I'm rigid and unchanging. Yes, you are. No, you're not. I know I'm not. Man, you wanted to be a fucking fighter pilot when I met you. Ah. Uh... <laughs> 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 like ah. You have a woman's legs. No. Uh. Well, this has been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, f- it, it turned out to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I know you were really worried about it, but I think you did a good I, job here. I well, think it's a nice well, thank uh, you. A start. It took me like a month of uh, working on this fucking outline and trying to figure out the angle of how to explain what is essentially the unexplainable. <laughs> I wouldn't say unexplainable, but more of like slippery and hard to pin down. Like a fish. Yes. It's like laying on or a catfish. A, an oiled cat that is pissed off. Yes. Why the fuck would you do that? Uh, they're Discordians. They'd do anything. Yeah, hey, it's true. But uh, I don't know. I, I started reading about this because of last podcast, you know? And uh, I was like, you know, I'm less interested in the chaos magic and more interested in whatever the hell this Discordia thing is. And uh, the more I read about it, the more I was like, there's a lot more to this than just silly. So, mm. I, and just the entire idea, it's really freed me from worrying about some things and being more along the lines of, well, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Then the medication. Yeah, I'm sure the medication did definitely have a role to play here, but. Yeah, well, it <laughs> allowed me to let go. Yeah. But so. no, no, like, I, I get the vibes behind this. Like, number one, it's just, it's silly fun, but also, like, it creates an interesting worldview that mm-hmm. w- with with moderation can yes. really uh, help out in a number of ways. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like, uh, what was it Tyler Durden said when they were in the car? You determine your own level of involvement. Mm-hmm. And I know my level, and I know where I'm going. So to, to, to quote the lyricists of a generation in vogue, Free your mind and the rest will follow. Goddamn, son. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, those women help make me a man. Anyway, so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, next week, of course, we're going to be doing a weekend weird. And after that, David has something. Uh, what have you got lined up for us, David? Uh, I'm thinking we're going to do a uh, dive into La Llorona. <gasps> La Llorona. 
I can't tell you how many TikTok videos I've seen of people doing that and then like throwing their car in reverse while something runs at them on a road. <laughs> I can't. Fun. I can't even tell you how many times I thought I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's uh. Well, you know what? You'll find out in two yes, weeks. I will. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Maybe I'll find out. Maybe I'll be a Chinese jet pilot. Wow, we're going straight with Army of Darkness here, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, again, you can find a link to everything you need for us on supernatpod.rocks. You can find us on Mastodon, because fuck Twitter, at supernatpod at horrorhub.club. There's a link to our individual Masto accounts in the bio there. Uh, don't forget, we do have a Patreon. Uh, we're also going to be recording something this weekend that's going to go up on the feed as a test for a new project. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be real fun. And uh, we'll have some more stuff coming after that. So, uh, David, you got anything to plug? Um, not really. I, I, yeah, I had a couple weeks where things were kind of fucked, so I'm, I'm yeah. kind of getting back into the swing of things, but right, right, ask right. me next week. Okay, we'll do that then. I'll ask you next week. Uh, Mike, have you got anything to plug? Um, no. I keep thinking I need to come up with something for this spot. But like I a keep, joke or... keep not doing it. A joke or a project or something? Um... Uh, if so, how about this? How about I give a shout out to one of my, one of the things I enjoy. There you um, go. On, on YouTube, Technology Connections, a really nerdy, but cool guy who does deep dives into, it's basically, you, you think about like kind of modern technology mixed with like connections, James Burke. Ooh, I love that show. Um, Ooh. he's done a lot of like audio visual stuff. Uh, is that that guy that disassembles stuff and tells no, you about it? No, no. Okay. But, I mean, he does a little bit sometimes, but his, like one of the things that really hooked me with, he, he did a like four part series on like the laser disc and the, Ooh. Uh, the CED, the, uh, Oh, that's, is that elect- the big record? Yeah. That's the CED was the competitor or precursor to laser disc. That was basically a record in a giant floppy disc. Sleeve. Yeah, in a, in a, yes. in a caddy, yes. Yes, I, I knew people with that from the like late 70s, early 80s. It's one of those was, like forgotten, mm-hmm. almost forgotten technology. It was double-sided like a laser disc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so pretty cool. You know, he, he's done, like he's opened my eyes on several things like about uh, heat pumps and uh, yeah. EVs, better understanding EVs and stuff like that. So check him out. He definitely doesn't need more subscriber help but you know i like his channel hey that's the important thing we're, we're not just trying to get people listeners we're yeah. sharing stuff we enjoy yes, in fact is. i think that will be a fun thing we do at the end of the episodes going forward so i think next week each of us will have something like that how's that sound david well that kind of sounds like something that we are going to be trying yeah. regarding another thing okay yeah, this it's a I, thing yeah. with another thing and a thing so, yeah i was that, yeah. that that's more of a uh, uh, consumerism, but this, yeah, this is just kind of like makers doing their thing that I like. Yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. No, it's cool, man. It's yeah. Cool. cool. Thank you for that, Mike. Sure. 
And uh, so we'll be back next week. We will see you next time. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Cool as a cucumber, baby. Until it turns into a pickle. So a hot dog is a sandwich then, right? I mean, technically, it's meat in bread. So, I mean, yes. It's a, a fucking dog. taco. A it hot is dog's a, a goddamn taco. sandwich. Taco. It's a fucking sandwich. A taco is technically a Mexican sandwich. <laughs> a Mexican sandwich is a torta, dude. God damn it, man. A taco is one, too. It's just like the bread's <laughs> super toasted. I'm not arguing against that. This podcast is over. <laughs>